show today on the Weird Music Podcast. We have Ashley Driscoll, founder of GrooveSafe. What's up, Ashley? Hi, I'm not too much. Just nice little uh, start to the week here. I've been working all morning, and now it's nice to have a break to have a conversation. Heck yeah. So everyone out there listening, thanks for tuning into this one. Let's start off, Ashley, like, take us back to you um, as just, like, a pure music fan and then how you got involved with, you know, doing your work here. Yeah, for sure. So I've been seeing music for as long as I can remember. It's definitely my favorite pastime. Um, My favorite activity is to chase music. I've been doing it probably since I was 15, but I'd say that, you know, I can't remember my exact first concert, but... um, Moving on to, like, my early 20s, I saw Fish in 04. Um, my first festival experience was a Fish show, and uh, I think my – I started listening to, like, kind of jam band music, Grateful Dead and Fish back then, and then um, started really falling in love with the live concert experience. Um, and I've probably – I would say since I really started having a music career as a concert goer. I've seen about probably 500, 600 concerts anywhere from oh small God. stuff to big stuff. Um, you know, the big old festivals were, you know, 60,000, 70,000 people. But I've all, you know, I see intimate shows too at local bars. And anytime I can see music, I will. Um, but that, I guess, is what leads into how GrooveSafe got started is that so many times, when I was doing my favorite thing, I had a negative experience, whether it was someone trying to dance with me or speaking to me inappropriately or trying to touch me or grind or, you know, all of the things that are sound very uncomfortable, uh, most of them in, inappropriate. Uh, I would say like one in 10 shows I've seen, I've had some sort of negative experience. Um, and everyone kind of rates their um, experiences differently, but for me, um, small annoyances would just be like bumping into me or, or, or touching my, you know, back to get by me, or like some people actually squeeze to get by me, and I was starting to be like, I just don't like that. I don't want to be touched by people I don't know, and then um, I've had more uh, severe, what I consider, you know, more traumatizing um, experiences, but Basically, I realized that this was a problem and it couldn't be just me uh, that was being touched inappropriately doing their favorite thing. Um, So I started talking to a lot of people and uh, started online from some of the music groups on Facebook and also on Twitter. I started saying, hey, is anybody experiencing this? Is this, what do you guys think? And um, the, the, the result of that was, is overwhelming, the amount of men and women reaching out saying, oh, yeah, this happens to me all the time. I didn't know if it was anybody else that had it. Or some people even said that they were used to it, and that just infuriated me. I mean, imagine thinking that it was you just had to deal with this stuff. Um, and so that was, I would say, 2013 through 2015. I personally was like, this is, got, this, this is an issue. And then um, moving like 2015, 2016, I started to formulate the idea of starting a movement. Um, and I knew it had to be outside the jam band scene too, where most of the shows I see are jam-oriented. 
but um, I've found out since that it's all different genres are having this um, sexual misconduct and, and bad behavior. Um, and so 2017, I'm trying to go through the timeline here, I realized uh, it was time for me to move forward and announce the launch of GrooveSafe. Um, it took me a little while to get the name. I wanted it to be, um, wanted it to kind of have the topic of music in it and then the idea of trying to make people safer at shows. And um, I got the logo from a friend of mine um, who, she we were working on it for a while. And because I wanted the hand to say kind of don't touch me, but I didn't want it to be aggressive because the subject matter is uh, pretty sensitive. And I, I want to let everyone know uh, everybody that's listening, that some of this conversation may be a little triggering. Um, so I want everyone to, if they feel safe, to continue continue listening. Um, but as far as sexual uh, assault at shows goes, I mean, we, we really wanted to put a stop to it. So we launched in 2017 after an incident I uh, read about online where I felt like the timing was right because people were starting to talk about it more. Um, so then we got our website in 2018 I actually built that myself which I was proud of um, and then uh, moved forward with the 501c3 which is a nonprofit status in 2019 so that brings us up to our uh, 2020 um, I don't know if you want me to continue talking about uh, the the origins or because now we work with over 70 bands um, and they um, help us or the message that way too. Um, I don't know if you want me to maybe get a little more yeah. on some specific. So you work with like over I'm, 70 I'm bands. No, it's all good. What does we that mean? Some, like working with uh, yeah, them? Could, so we have what we call an artist ambassador program. Um, we named it after we actually started doing it. We didn't realize we were we were having this program and so it sort of organically formed itself where we talked to bands that I knew. I'm lucky to have a lot of really nice musician friends that are in touring bands. And so I started talking to them. I guess the beginning of the story was I was talking to peers and other concert goers about their experiences. And then I realized speaking with my musician friends and touring band friends was another angle. And we organically came into this um, support from them where they would take the buttons and the the pins and the stickers with the GrooveSafe logo and the cards have the kind of the mission statement and some talking points. So um, they would put them on their merch table as they toured the country. And then that would be another uh, way to kind of spread it grassroots in the movement to be um, picked up at shows. So if it comes from the musician's point of view, um, it, it sets the mood in the room. So there's our street teamers and the peers that are talking about it. And now you have the musicians and the bands talking about it. Um, and then, so I was like, oh, cool, we have these artist ambassadors. And I said, oh, wait a minute, we should really try to go talk to more bands if I know them or I don't. And then, so we've slowly um, able to build this kind of resume of bands that are on board um, supporting the cause. And sometimes they'll actually speak in the microphone if they feel comfortable um, about like, hey, we, you know, we have this cause that we believe in. Um, and then there are times that I can actually be there at the shows. Um, and then, they, you know, go talk to Ashley at the merch table. She'll tell you all about Groove Safe. Um, but otherwise, it's just 
a little like a little silent message there on the corner of the merch table. Um, so that yeah, that the number's grown to almost 70 now. Small local bands all the way up to um, pretty popular touring bands. So we're excited for that. So we're always looking for um, musicians and bands that are interested in um, jumping on for the cause. Um, with the same goal in mind, I haven't even told that yet. Yeah, it's just our mission is to stop unwanted touching and to focus on building consent culture in the live music scene um, and different ways for people to be uh, aware of body safety and um, respectful dance spaces. Um, and I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it a hundred more times, but really focus on consent and that you cannot touch anybody's body without their permission. As awkward as it might be, we're trying to break that down. And, you know, you can ask someone to dance and um, you can ask them their name or whatever. It's not it's not as weird as it feels. And, and so our goal is to give people a voice to say no and also to start to have conversations around um, asking permission. Um, so that's part of that. <laughs> um, so then I can go through it again as um, peers, now bands. And then um, festivals is another thing that we uh, like to have a presence at um, because in most of those times we set up a booth and mm. it's um, like a space where people can come. We call it a group safe lounge or a group safe oasis. So we um, have a presence and they can people can come and talk about the subject or not, but they can take a break from their day and just hang out. We have usually have yoga mats, chairs, um, sometimes visual arts, um, paint, face paint, sparkles, hair braiding, anything that sort of um, allows people to kind of get grounded and, and feel comfortable. Um, and we, we allow people to speak of their feelings if they feel comfortable, but it's definitely not a place that you have to come and do reporting. It's more of a just like we're here for you um, kind of idea. Um, and then we also send people out on the ground at festivals with buttons and cards and, you know, hey, have you heard about this? And But because, again, the topic is very sensitive, we, we don't do an aggressive approach. We don't really canvas as much as put buttons on people and if people ask and they're ready to talk about it or, hey, this is for you. I do that a lot. I like, hey, I have something for you. And I'll hand out um, a button and a card and then they can put it in their pocket or read it right away, but it's all right there in front of them. Um, and, you know, and if it goes in their pocket the next day, they'll have the information right there on the card, too. And then the idea is that they wear the button at every show and kind of send us the logo represents a silent message that we're allies and that we're looking out for each other and that you stand against that bad behavior. And then the more people that are looking out for each other, hopefully the safer shows will be. <laughs> kind of, this is kind certainly of, an, an epic mission that you're on here. Um, wow, so you started was, this in 2017. Yeah, it was officially 2017, um, and then we've gained more status um, officially with the with the nonprofit status and the 501c3 um, tax exempt, um, you know, uh, status, I guess. And then um, that has been kind of the journey so far. I mean, I really was feeling like my shoulders were touching my ears at my, every show I was at. And I'm like, why am I, why do I feel like this? I realized that I was always on guard and that's not a way to have fun constantly looking over your shoulder. You know, we want to have the focus back on 
the music and the, the bands and the experience without feeling like you're in danger. Um, and we want to get people back out to shows again and, and bring their friends and have a good time and not feel like they're, like I said, constantly either in danger or, or have that underlying anxiety that something's wrong. Um, but, you know, that's, I guess that's sort of where uh, where we're at now. Um, and I forget what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. So, yeah, and you do booths at music festivals. You have, like, the Groove Safe Oasis. Do you want to maybe talk about any specific music festivals that have, like, really gotten behind Groove Safe or even any bands as well, like, specifically? Yeah. I mean, so we started out summer camp music festivals in Illinois. It's a uh, Mo and Humphreys. Um, I love summer camp. Headline. Yeah, so summer camp's great. Um, I went. I've been lots and lots of times, but um, they've always been really supportive. Uh, they have something called Nonprofit Row, um, which is more than just a vendor area. It's specifically for nonprofit um, causes. Um, and that's always a nice one. And then um, we went to Sweetwater 420 last year in Atlanta. We're going back again. That is at the end of April. Um, they also, they don't have specifically a nonprofit row, but they have a nice clean vendor area that is very visible. Um, so we usually have the banner uh, of the group safe banner and logo somewhere, uh, you know, high up so people can find us. Um, and... Uh, those are the two that stand out. Oh, and Camp Bisco, we have a nice relationship with the Disco Biscuits. Um, so they brought us in last year um, to be on the mountain at um, Camp Bisco. <clears throat> and those are the most significant I can think of. Um, hopefully we are going to – we're waiting on confirmations this summer. It's uh, difficult to speak exactly specifics right now, but uh, we will have it on our website and Facebook as soon as we have announcements. They will be coming out. Um, and let's see. The goal there, like I said before, is just to, just to have a presence and um, have people listening just to take a break from the day. Um, you know, and if, if someone does come to us reporting an incident, we have the avenues ready and available to speak with um, venue security and venue staff because a lot of festivals, um, they have a protocol for, for danger. Um, <laughs> So we want to make sure that we're ready for that. If anything does come up, um, we channel it to the appropriate um, people um, to make sure everybody continues to stay safe. Um, so I think that's important. Um, I mean, hopefully, I would love to move in the future where we had crisis counselors on site. It's something I'm trying to talk to everybody I talk to about. I would love um, mm. that to be a kind of a protocol. Um, but wow. there's always, yeah, there's always first aid, um, and there's always law enforcement, but there's a little bit of a missing space at times, certain festivals, not every single one, that, um, I, I know Coachella rolled out their own internal plan that has safe zones and counselors on site, so I'd love to see a little more of that roll out as the um, festivals, you know, throughout the year, and I feel like, I, I would love it to be a protocol. And I think that everybody definitely has a safety protocol, but I don't know if they necessarily, everyone doesn't always have the um, kind of crisis counselor protocol. So that would be really 
something that I would have as a goal. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of the way the festivals go. Um, and something we're doing this coming year, which is similar to that, is uh, being in the venue space. Um, so we're working in 2020 to have Groove Venue um, partners. So we would um, kind of talk to them about the issue and then suggest signage. And it's like Groove is definitely always going to be an awareness movement. And then as we grow, we'd like to be more specific into um, solutions and, um, you know, protocols and training and stuff like that. But for the venues right now, it would be really great. One of my goals and exciting things we're working on is getting signs in the bathrooms and um, by the bar that's this thing. Um, it actually says self-expression is not an invitation, and that's one of my um, campaign quotes because it, it says a lot, and it says consent is mandatory. Basically, is no matter if I'm dancing or what I'm wearing, that is not an invitation to touch my body. Um, so that is messaging that we're doing. Um, and then the the venue would be ready for um, reporting in that way so that they would be able to handle the situation safely, um, focused on uh, survivor attention, making sure that person was okay and had everything they need and all that. So um, we're working with uh, venues in the Northeast and two in Colorado. We're speaking to a couple in Seattle. And then um, also the biggest news is that we're working with Live Nation to do a test um, area for the New England area. Um, Two Massachusetts Live Nation venues specifically. I can't uh, say much more yet, but that's something that's going to be really great um, is – seeing how the response is to um, visual signs in those venues um, to get people really aware that this is an issue and that there is a movement to try to stop it. Wow. Yeah, so you are really doing so much. So if I am, you know, a venue, what is the proper protocol to deal with something like this? Um, it's something that we are looking at right now, um, but we actually were guided by a woman named Shauna Potter. She um, wrote a book called Making Spaces Safer, and we're talking to her about her guidelines that she has actually put out um, in a book and in a pocket guide. Um, is is mostly, from what I've learned, is... Um, making sure that the survivor is okay in that moment. A lot of places think that the answer is to jump right into finding the, the offender, where most of the time the survivor just needs to be heard. And, and if they're physically and mentally okay, they want to be heard. But then also they have to be ready that maybe they're physically and mentally not okay. And we've learned about grounding techniques and ways to make sure that person is safe. And then I would suggest then furthermore giving them resources for reporting to um, law enforcement or do they need medical attention or other things like that. But I, um, there, there are guidelines, um, but it's mostly based on making sure that that person's okay, um, giving them a quiet place, giving them some water. 
and checking in on them. Um, and also, the one of the other things is some of it goes unreported. Most of the incidents go unreported. So I guess something Gurusev is just trying to do is the more we talk about it, the easier it may be for people to talk about it as well um, and not be afraid to go up and speak to someone with confidence that they know that they're going to listen. I think a lot of the trouble with the culture that exists is um, not is uh, security or others not really hearing them and not really doing anything about it. So the more that all of our groups that are working that talk about it, the more likely it is that they'll have safety protocols ready to go. Um, and it has to be in the training of the staff and we'll want, we want to give the venues the opportunity to work with us to um, find out those correct protocols. Um, I think it'll take a little time, but we want to make sure that there are, that they exist at all, you know, um, because it, it, there are some challenges, um, especially with staff members that are either they, maybe they have to stay in one place or something a little more difficult that we, we talk about is that even though GrooveSafe is very focused on a gender neutral movement that everybody deserves respect, um, a lot of times when women experience something negative, um, if, if a man disrespects a woman, it's going to be difficult for that person to go then to a stranger male and talk about it. So we're hoping that there will be um, options of all kinds, like maybe um, the, there's someone at the merch table or maybe there's a crisis counselor, or maybe the bartender is aware of how to handle something. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done to make sure everyone um, is handling things safely. But I think that it definitely can be done. Um, the less uh, stigmatized the topic is, and as long as it's handled with care, I think that there's a lot of things that can be done. Um, so as we learn to change the behavior in the room, when things do happen, we really want people to feel safe to talk about it. That shit is not fucking cool. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. And wow, like it definitely cool. seems like Man, you are. Yeah, you're you you're doing so much to you know to put an end to this. Um, you know, right. I've had people put into my ear that I should have GrooveSafe on the podcast. I had no idea that GrooveSafe's really going to this length. Um, this is so like inspiring for sure to like Thanks. definitely. <laughs> make sure this message is heard like yeah, yeah, last night everyone. last night was at um who do soul band it's a local band in columbus uh oh. they play every sunday night the band member at the end of a song literally had to like say something because he saw he saw something happen in the crowd um it's just it happens way too often and it is just super super fucking bad and yeah, like we just yeah we we want we need to, ways to deal with it. To talk about it. Yeah, it's it's really so we start with awareness, and that change of behavior can come with awareness, but it's allowing people, like I said, that voice. So if the musician says it in the microphone, or you see your friend getting bothered, you can give them a distraction, or you know you can. It depends. There's lots of ways to handle it. Um, but you have to feel comfortable doing so and know that you're not in danger. Um, because if someone's 
you know, hurting someone else, they might hurt you too. So you just, we have different ways to, and again, like I said before, is we're learning. Safe is young, but we all, my only goal is to make concerts better and safer. So we are loving the resources that we're getting and the expertise that has been offered to us. Anywhere from Shauna's book all the way to people who have reached out to me um, who have been doing this line of work, um, you know, either counseling or for all kinds of things that we want to absorb all of that so that we can turn it around and use it. Um, so I, I'm just so grateful of all for all the resources and information that I've gotten over the past handful of years because I, I mean, I'm learning as I go too. And I, I just know that it happened to me so much that, and I hate how it feels. So we want to just give everybody a voice um, and to do it, do it right. Um, but I think what I was trying to say is that the um, active bystander intervention is something that's really important that I want to work on a program for us because some other harm reduction groups are doing active uh, bystander training and things like that where you can teach your peers how to safely interact in a situation. Um, it's probably too much to get into right here and now, but I want people to know that there are solutions um, we have some listed on our website too, um, ways to handle um, things that you see. Because to see something, say something, only goes so far. It's like, what do you do? Um, and as long as you're um, approaching the situation with caution, I think that a lot can be done. But, I mean, something I always say is never uh, address assault with assault. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just knock them out. You can only, <laughs> you only want to do that if it's self-defense. Um, and as much as it's nice to stick up for your friend, that's, then you're also causing harm to somebody. So um, there's, I think there's safe ways to handle these situations. And, of course, the musician calling it out on stage is a really impactful way to do it. Um, but also, like I said, when you set the mood in them with the group save buttons on the merch table, it says it right away. And, like, the venue, signs in the venue says it right away. Like, no tolerance. This is not behavior that we're going to accept. And so then it starts to get trained into people's minds um, that it's never okay. Um, and that you can, if one was tried to try to get away with it, that people are paying a more way closer attention now and that it's not behavior that's going to be allowed in our space anymore. And that people just want to enjoy the show. You know, we don't want to be uh, in a place doing what we love, worried about getting hurt. So I think that that is all part of of this. And yeah, like before we wrap this up, I wanted to let you um, speak about two more things. Okay. So the first thing I know you guys are doing like the Groove Safe All Stars shows or something like that. I've seen. Oh yeah. Do you want to maybe speak about that a little bit? Oh, of course. That's the best part about ways that we're trying to get out there. So um, we had a group of all-stars event in uh, at Brooklyn Bowl in the fall in October, and the idea was that we get um, to unite different musicians from the area um, who are gonna, they come together for kind of like a super jam. Um, so we did that in the fall, and then we have one coming up in Denver at Cervantes um, on March 11th. 
um, which is coming up here pretty soon, um, a couple Wednesdays away from now. Um, I'm going to be there. We're going to have a table, and we're going to be there to talk about um, Groove Safe, but the band um, will be – I can't wait. It's actually a surprise to me what they're actually going to be playing, but it's it's really cool. It's members of Lotus, Dopapod, Magic Beans. Um, we got Todd Stoops and – Marcus Rizak and um, Mike Peterson, Jessica Jones. Um, sorry if I missed you guys. Chuck Jones, Chuck Morris, um, and Cody Wells and Eric Levine from Magic Beans. But um, they are all going to do a super jam, and then a dollar of each ticket sale goes to uh, donations for Groove Safe to continue our mission. Um, so I'm super excited about that. I love Colorado, and I'm really happy Emily um, and Evan have put together this really awesome event for us. So um said that really quickly, but that's the idea is that musicians, most of them are artist ambassadors, but they're not. They're just coming together for the cause um, and speaking and singing and, and playing out as, as a benefit concert event, which is super awesome and i'm so grateful for them and all the hard work they're doing to prepare for this event so that's coming up um is that let's see i said the date right march 11th <laughs> cervantes march 11th but, at cervantes <laughs> yeah we uh it's just a really cool angle for us because it's it's just the whole theme is just to build consent culture in our music spaces so and you said um, – you mentioned two people's names that are on your team, like, helping organize this. Uh, that was going to be my next question, like, who who out there is, like, working alongside you, um, specifically, like, with GrooveSafe doing this thing? Um, well, my team is – my official team is small, but because of everyone involved, we have so many people – trying to help us right now or actually helping us right now. So I mentioned Emily and Evan because Emily is a group safe um, teammate, but uh, Evan is the guy at Cervantes that is um, helping curate the situation. Um, gotcha. The concert. But my uh, vice president, Mike, M-Dog, Mike Manning, he's a super help, and Emily Vanderwill is technically at this point we kind of have a New England chapter, a Chicago chapter, and a Denver chapter now um, with some New York City friends doing things as well, but we're because I'm kind of the main contact as the founder. I'm really looking for people to step up and be on our team. Um, the street teamers are amazing. People that take our stuff out on the road. We offer starter um, support packs where I send you buttons and cards um, for a small donation. Um, in the mail, and then you can take it out and give it to your friends and go to concerts and do it. And then we have the bands who do it. So they're, I consider them everyone's teammates, but as far as our, like, core um, operating team, there's really about three, four of us that are doing um, a lot of this work. But um, that being said, because I have an opportunity to say so, we are still always looking for volunteers to kind of do uh, the office stuff and the the team building and um, all of that. Um, but there's, I guess, to answer the question quickly, which I can never do, but um, <laughs> is having a core team is really important, but everyone is on our team. It takes all of us to spread this message. I always tell people, tell one person today about this. 
because that person will tell one other person. And hopefully this will continue because we started as grassroots and we still kind of are. And we're going um, to keep talking about it with as many people as we can. And as soon as you talk about it, I consider you one of our teammates because you are doing what you can to spread the news and to talk about it, keep that conversation going. Um, but, I mean, we have every – I have – People, I told you earlier, they reach out to me with resources, and it's incredible, um, from lawyers to, to um, accountants, and you know, everybody is always willing to help give me advice, and it's very, I'm very thankful for that. So, how do people get involved if they want to continue talking about it um, with GrooveSafe? Um, yeah, definitely. So, there's a GrooveSafe street team on group on Facebook that I'm trying to build up so that people can check in into that for volunteer opportunities and um, ways to see where to see us and how to help. Um, but anyone can always email me at any time um, at teamgroovesafe at gmail.com or on our website is just groovesafe.com. There's ways to donate. You can get shirts, koozies, and um, starter pack materials now. And then you can um, also offer resources if you have them. Um, but you know, we're always looking for uh, anybody that has any skills that has time to work for a volunteer organization. Um, but, yeah, the website's the main source for everything, and then um, we, I can direct you guys from there if anyone's interested. So there we have it. <laughs> Ashley Driscoll, founder of GrooveSafe on the Weird Music Podcast, spreading the mission, stopping unwanting touching building consent culture. Ashley, thank you. Thank, thank you for being you. on I'm this. Really and thanks for it's so much length that you've gone to to keep this conversation going. It definitely needs to be had. Uh, and I definitely uh, am glad there's something like this I can support for sure. Yeah, we don't want to stop seeing music. We just want the space to be better. So that's the plan. So thanks, everybody. Right on. Well, if you listen this far, shout out to you. You know where to go to get involved. And, yeah, this has been the Weird Music Podcast. Cheers, y'all.